This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome. Hey, Village Church. Welcome back to the Village Church Q&A podcast. Pastor Tim and Pastor Michael with you. And listeners, we have three favors we want to ask you right at the beginning. Pastor Michael, are you ready? Yes. What's the first one? All right. Number one, would you submit a question? VCOB.org. There's a little button that says Q&A podcast. Um, we've been getting some awesome questions um, coming in. We just need more of those and uh, really excited about that. Number two, would you share this share podcast? It. Give it away. Give it away. Give it away now in the words of Red Hot Chili Pepper. <laughs> number three, number three, would you rate and review? Now, you may just be zoning out at this point, right? But um, rating and reviewing is one of the best strategies to get this into more people's hands. So the more you rate and review, the more Apple recognizes it, the more they push it out. So would you just take a minute, go to your iTunes store on your computer, rate and review? We would be so grateful if you would do that. All right. Thank you, listeners. Here's our question for today, Pastor Michael. Does the church only want my money? That's a big concern. Mm for a lot of people. They only want my money. They really don't want my soul, maybe. Right. Um, do they only want my money? I'm, I'm going to answer this maybe a little differently. It depends on which church you're in. Yeah. Right? So this question is, is not necessarily wrong in terms of the person's experience. They may not actually be misunderstanding a church's intention. Mm -hmm. um, let me speak broadly and generally about the way the church is supposed to function. The church should never simply want your money. Not at all. Uh, your money is not primary. Your money is secondary or tertiary or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, there is something more valuable than your money. And it's not even about the church, actually. So we'll get to that. But there are going to be some churches that you're going to walk into. And yes, they want your money. Mm -hmm. And they will masquerade themselves in different ways, um, convince you of different things. But at the end of the day, you're going to know that they want your money. For mm -hmm. example, let me just ask you this. Every Sunday in your church, how many offerings do they take? Mm. This mm -hmm. Sunday in your church, how much time do they spend on the offering? There, there are churches around us that will spend 10 to 15 minutes every single Sunday walking through the giving slip. And it's like such a huge priority. They want new visitors. They want everybody to give more and more and more and more and more. And it's a constant emphasis. And I understand, like I go into those churches sometimes and I'm thinking, do you just want my money? Or do, you, mm. or do you want something greater for me? You know, that that's my big question for them. And I do think there are a lot. Let me just give some huge cautions. Health and wealth churches. If a church's doctrine teaches you the following, that God wants you to be happy, healthy, and wealthy, that Ooh. combo, and that if you are not, it is because of a willful sin that you've committed in your life that is holding you back from God's will in your life, which is happiness, healthiness, and wealthiness, mm -hmm. right? Um, if a church is going to teach that, I want you to hear me, and I have no issues offending my health and wealth um, compadres <laughs> who are pastors. All they want is your money. That's all they want. They will masquerade it as they want um, your good. They will masquerade it with the Bible. Mm -hmm. But hear me, they just want your money. I have no issues saying that. I have a strong loathing for health and wealth. They're also called prosperity preachers. And um, they may even trick you in saying, if you give X amount of money, you'll be sowing a seed into something that will um, pay more money later. Hey, you mm -hmm. haven't been able to pay off your rent. You're broke. Um, uh, write a $1,000 check, and then the floodgates of heaven will open up. But until you sow the seed, you can't the grow the tree. The seed has to be placed first. Yes. And, yeah. and it's all a total load of junk. 
um, that is inspired by the evil one who has controlled greedy hearts and they masquerade as Bible pastors and or Bible teachers and pastors and evangelists and apostles. And um, so I have no no patience for them. So if you're in one of those churches and they're all over the place, particularly mm-hmm. they love to pray on poor communities um, because poor communities are also more inclined to gamble a whole lot more. They are desperate and in their desperation, they're hoping just for any like any chance to make a lot mm-hmm. of money quick, you know, and 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 obviously that's not just the poor community, but they're susceptible to that in unique ways statistically. So um, so you just need to watch out for those guys. So if you come from that church, then yes. Now let's talk about the way the church is supposed to function. We don't want your money. Not at all. We want God to have your heart. Mm-hmm. So I can't say that any other, any other way any better. We don't want your money. If you want the church to have your money, then we would love for you to give your tithe to the local church, which is God's ordained mm-hmm. method of doing it. And we would love as pastors and leaders of the church to steward that money, not for our own wealth, but for the moving forth of the kingdom of God in That's whatever right. community your local church happens to be in. Mm-hmm. Um, the more money we get, Tim and I, your salary doesn't go up. It doesn't change at all. It doesn't change at all. That's not how our salaries work as paid pastors. Um, <clears throat> so in a lot of these health and wealth prosperity churches, the more money they get, the bigger their salaries. That's For right. us, um, the more money that comes in, the more opportunity the church has to push forward the kingdom of God, uh, we'll say, in ways that require money. Okay, mm-hmm. And so um, I want to read Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. And uh, if the church does ask for your money, this may be why. Um, Jesus says, no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. And then he says, you cannot serve God and money. Throughout scripture, um, the greatest threat to the human heart is money. Mm-hmm. With money comes power and control and pleasure. The more money you have, um, the more opportunity for good and evil you have. And so um, Jesus understands that there is nothing on earth like money. Money is the means to every end a human soul could want to accomplish sinfully. Mm-hmm. And so he understands this. You can't serve God and money. You cannot devote your life to the accumulation of money and God at the same time. Um, and so basically what Jesus and the apostles in the New Testament want us to understand understand is this. When God asks for generosity, um, he's asking for generosity for two reasons. Number one, um, money is one of the ways that the church moves the kingdom of God forward. Number two, generosity is the antidote to stinginess or greediness or selfishness. Mm -hmm. So all of these things that the human heart wants and that money gets us, generosity is God's, we'll say, um, infused antidote into the human race that kills stinginess. And Mm -hmm. so God wants you to give, not because he's desperate, because if you don't give, somebody else will. God always resources his vision for each church. Um, If you don't give, the church will be fine. Mm -hmm. The problem is your heart will be stingy. Um, It will love money more than it loves God. So we ask people to give for two reasons, to move measurable vision vision for the kingdom of God forward and to break the chains of stinginess and greediness in the human heart. And uh, we really believe that if um, you are giving generously, that is a huge indicator that God has your heart that God has your heart. That's right. So we we encourage giving. We invite giving because it kills that. And we want to kill anything that hurts your relationship with God. We want your heart and your soul to and let, thrive. Let me just remind our listeners of 
other kind of churches. We have the churches that are always asking for money, and then we have other churches that do just the opposite. They won't have an offering during their service. They'll have an offering box or they'll have a basket or something in the back of the church. They will never mention money. And those kind of churches, I always wonder, you know, because I've I've visited those kind of churches, yep. and I think, you know, it is honorable that they are not making a big deal about asking for money. Mm-hmm. I, I appreciate that. The problem is, like you just said, it doesn't offer the antidote to personal selfishness. Yep. It doesn't keep the greater kingdom and greater kingdom efforts before the people. So yep. we're not challenging the congregation. Hey, we want to do great things in our community for God. That takes money. We we are in a society and a culture that understands if we are going to make things happen, it mm. takes finances to make it happen. Yep. And so we're not offering uh, the congregation an opportunity to invest in those greater kingdom building events. Yep. And I, I'm going to venture to guess, and I could be wrong on this, but I'm going to venture to guess the churches that don't take offerings are also the churches that don't teach on money. Yes. So like, typically it's true. Yeah. As a pastor, um, there are harder subjects to preach on than others. And there are some that are cultural, you know, just don't touch these hot mm-hmm. buttons and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And um, money is always one of those ones. Sexuality is another one. Now we have issues of gender and marriage that if you start touching on those are just hot buttons. And so pastors like to avoid them or be really vague. And I just there's too much at stake to be vague on this stuff. And so, like, if you come to Village, we're going to teach on money. Um, we're not going to teach every single week, right? But no, a couple times a all. year, we actually go after it because Jesus talks about money more than anything else in the entire Bible. And so, therefore, yes. we want to make sure that we teach um, what Jesus teaches and we give weight to different e- issues that Jesus gives much weight to. Um, uh, let me share with you how we do offerings in our church. And, and I, I appreciate this. Some people may not, but we take an offering every week. It takes about 15 to 20 seconds of our mm-hmm. service. Um, and uh, the person always says the same thing. Hey, we're going to take our offering. And um, if you are a new visitor, this is not for you. We right. do not want you to give anything. All we want you to do is just be welcomed and to worship God. That is that is mm-hmm. it. If you're a regular attendee, you're a member. Um, you already know that this is going to happen. You're already committed to giving. You're already all in here. If you're a member, you've actually committed to financially supporting this That's church. Right. And so this is our opportunity to allow you to obey God and fulfill the commitment that you've already made. But we put zero pressure on new people people to give because mm-hmm. that's not what we want when you come. What not we want you to do is worship God. But if you're not a believer in Jesus, we want you to trust in Jesus. That's mm-hmm. our greatest desire for you. Your pocketbook is relevant to us because we truly believe that when God has a vision for the village church, he will resource it. Right. Our job is to teach, communicate the needs, cast the vision. And the Lord is the one who comes in and brings those resources in. So if we ever did a capital campaign, for example, um, and you come to visit a church that's doing a capital campaign, those are fine. Those are, mm-hmm. Churches do that. And that's one of the ways that a church can cast a vision and ask the people to finance that. But why are we asking them to finance it? If it's so that I can build a bigger empire, then that's sinful and evil. If it's something that measurably moves the kingdom of God forward, um, then yay, thumbs up. That's That's right. That's a good thing. And so some people will go to a church with a capital campaign and say, see, all they want is my money. No, um, actually what they want is the kingdom of God to move forward, and that Mm -hmm. requires money. And in the church, that's how we get money, if you will. In the business world, you get money by selling product. We don't sell product. All we do is rely on the voluntary generosity of people who love Jesus to push the kingdom forward in those those ways. A couple just so what for you to, to close this out. Number one. If you're in a church and you have maybe PTSD from other churches that did just want your money, mm-hmm. don't give to that church. 
Um, very simply, take your time, get to know them, um, figure it out. I would rather vet out a church before I give them my money mm-hmm. because I just don't trust right. health and wealth and prosperity churches. And I want to make sure that I'm actually giving to move the kingdom forward. That's right. a big, big high value. Um, number number one is is wait a little bit if you have to. But number two is if you're not going to give to the local church, you need to be killing greediness and stinginess in you everywhere you find it. Let me just poke here, okay? Because yeah. some people are broke as a joke and they're like, I don't have any money to give. You're greedy and stingy in a different way. Mm-hmm. You're a hoarder with everything you, do, you don't have. Whereas people who have a lot of stuff, they hoard everything they do have. I, honestly, I, I have found that people with less money tend to be more, more generous. generous than people who have a lot That's of money. Right. And um, so anyways, but just just a thought for you, it is possible to be stingy and greedy and financially struggling. Mm-hmm. So that's another podcast or another day. I want to throw that in there. But set up a personal generosity budget where you're meeting real-time needs all around you. Um, start serving people, finding people that you know have real needs mm-hmm. and give money away um, in measurable ways that are purposeful and intentional so that you can kill um, just greediness and stinginess in your soul. That's right. And then finally, number three, if you're not going to do that, um, save up the money that you would be giving until you find a local church that you are confident is moving God's kingdom forward and that you can support in good conscience. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're going to give your money to them, get ready to jump in and become a member because um, that would be a really great next step to join a church, be in communion with that church and say, I'm a part of moving this church's mission forward for the kingdom of God. So do churches just want your money? Some do. Yeah, some do. Do we or other gospel-proclaiming, Christ-centered churches? We want their heart first. We want God to have your heart. That is the most important thing. And uh, if God um, is competing with money in your heart, then I'm going to look at you and say, get rid of a lot of your Mm -hmm. money because it's standing between you and God, the most important thing in your life. So I hope that helps our listeners. Thank you for that advice, Pastor Michael. And listeners, thank you for joining us today. Please come back next time when we answer the question, should I shop at Target? Target.